Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of the Adventure Jogger Podcast brought to you by Kathy Dietrich, Marilyn Cortez, Thomas Brock, Mailman Steve, and of course, all of our Patreon supporters, and you, yes, you, the listener, this episode of the Adventure Jogger, a little different. I want to start by saying we are incredibly blessed in the southern United States where I live, where we have so many great race directors and so many great races. You really can pick something for everyone. Uh, If you want to do a trail half marathon, we got plenty of those. You want to do a 100-miler, we got plenty of those. You want to run on the side of the road through the state of Tennessee in the middle of the summer, we got plenty of those as well. We have some great 200-mile races. Um, And I'll forget, so I'm not leaving anyone out on purpose, just so you know. But like, you know, the the great 200 that Jason Green just came up with, the the cane break, the H9 series, and all of that stuff. Great races. But one thing we've been missing is a point-to-point trail 200-mile ultramarathon. It's not the case anymore. On this episode of The Adventure Jogger, I wanted to talk to David Tosh, who I've had on the podcast before. David Tosh is the nicest man on planet Earth uh, in his 70s, still running ultras, still race directing, loves to bring the community together, and he's launching, with the help of others, the Southern States 200. Want to kind of get his thoughts on this race, how it's different to plan a 200 mile race he's got 100 mile races that he directs but never 200 why he wanted to do a 200 mile race what were those unique challenges to launching a 200 mile race and and, and there's so much great stuff in here so much information about training and just interesting things about what it's like to put a race together and i will say i will say this david was nice enough to give me a entry into the race, but it's not for me, it's for you. If you go to the Adventure Jogger Facebook page, you will see how to win an entry into the Southern States 200. It goes on through September 30th, the contest to win the entry, September 30th of 2023. So if you stumbled upon this years from now, it's not still available. <laughs> like, I can't go back in time. But the contest happens between now and September 30th of 2023. That's when we'll pick the winner. You can find out how to win that entry at the Adventure Jogger Facebook page. Um, or you can go to Ultra Sign Up because today is the day that the first point-to-point 200-mile trail ultramarathon in the South is on sale Go to ultrasignup.com and get signed up for the Southern States 200. So an interesting look at why he wanted to bring this race, 
uh, to the south where it is, give you an idea of the course, how to train, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on this episode of The Adventure Jogger. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Uh, you know him for lots of races, the Southeastern Trail Runs. It's David Tosh. He's back on The Adventure Jogger. David, you've been a very busy man trying to put a 200-mile point-to-point trail ultramarathon together, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate you letting me come on and talk about the race. So for you as a race director, why did you feel it was important to put on a point-to-point trail 200-mile ultra? Well, several reasons. One, point-to-point races, I mean, that's the best races there are. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first 100 was the Pinhoti 100. It's a point-to-point on the Pinhoti. Actually, uses part of the course we use. Um, And I've run that race several times. I love it. Uh, And there's just not many of those around. they're, They're so difficult to put together. The, you know, the logistics obviously are crazy, um, but that's that's kind of the ultimate, I guess. And, you know, we already do a couple of hundreds. Neither one of our point to point. One of them is actually four loops. One we hope this year we're going to be able to do with two loops. Yeah. But still, it's not a point to point, and neither of them could possibly be a point to point. But with the Pinhoti Trail in our neighborhood, so to speak, uh, you know, where we will finish is about a hundred miles northeast of here, but that's basically is in our neighborhood. And I began to think about this a couple of years ago and just never really, I could it wasn't possible to do. It's not something you can do by yourself. Yeah. There's just too much involved, but, um, I've been friends, with Real Rogers that lives up in Huntsville and their company uh, running lane um, for a long time. Will actually holds the record in one of our races, our Memorial Day race. And we were talking about something else not long ago. And I just mentioned to him if they had thought about it. Well, they had too. Mm-hmm. And we started looking at the options, trying to think about, okay, how would we do it to merge you know, set our to do a joint venture. Basically, we can't. Uh, you know, we're not going to do it either one of our companies separate. So we started a a plan to do it, and it just kind of kind of built from there. And uh, we've got an ad coming out in Ultra Running Magazine next. I guess in this issue, this next coming issue, mm-hmm. and. Um, we actually already have five aid stations, at least the aid station captain and basic crews ready. I mean, it's just amazing how everything has fallen into place. Uh, driven the course twice, looking at things, you know, where it's, where this can be, where this 
will work, yeah. where it won't work, all that, you know, and it's just kind of everything's come together. But it's, as I said, it's nothing I could ever have done by myself. It's taken all of us. They're, they're better at other things. They don't do as many, they don't do any long trail races. They mm-hmm. do marathons and a lot of cross country stuff. Um, but they're really good with the, the legal end of things and the technical end of things. Whereas obviously from the fact I can't get my computer to work to do it. <laughs> that is not my forte. <laughs> so, David Tosh we, is the only we guest. The best we can, yeah. But the, the race is coming together. It's, we've got, I mean, the way people are just volunteering from everywhere to help to do aid stations. We have one entire aid station we don't even have to do anything. They said, we're doing it all. And it's our first sleep station at High Point in in uh, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it's just amazing. It's exciting. And it's a little scary, I have to admit. Um, I've, I've been frantic all day trying to be everything, sure everything's ready for registration to open tonight. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff, David. I just want to point out that David Tosh is the only guest that I've had on multiple times, both times over the phone. You are the only over the phone guest, and we're going to keep it that way. Only David Tosh is allowed to be on the podcast from the phone in his living room. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that's good. <laughs> that's an honor, right? That's the honor that you will only have, David. Um, as an experienced ultra runner you're, yourself, David, you've run a lot of races. Um, and and being an, an accomplished race director as well, what was the biggest challenge for you getting this 200-miler off the ground? Probably just getting the nerve to actually do it. Really? Uh, I mean, it's easy to think about and say, oh, this would be fun, this, that, and the other. But when you start thinking, as I mentioned, about the logistics, I was just – writing an email to someone today uh, about the aid stations and I got a little panicky. I'm thinking like, you know, trying to think through the supply chains, the supplies needed, how to get them here to 15. We're actually probably going to end up with, um, we have 15 aid stations right now. We may add another one or two. It's just going to kind of depend Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that's still kind of a work in process, but it gets scary. And, you know, it's like, oh, should we really have done this? And because it's just because both of us uh, running lane and Southeastern Trail runs, the races we do have got to be right. Yeah. I mean, if anybody even gets lost, I feel like I haven't done my job and it bothers me that they got lost. And uh, I mean, if everybody get lost, well, I take that back, we have, but you know, just getting off course. Right. And so I feel like, well, I need, did I need more flags, more signs, whatever. Um, when we run out of beer at the finish <laughs> of one of our races, like <laughs> actually our last race, a couple last weekend, we didn't run out of beer, but we ran out of Gatorade. So kind of the same thing, you know, uh, you feel like, oh no, we sh- that should not have happened. but. 
Um, of course, we've also never done a race where the high was 100 degrees during the race. That's uh, very true. Never. And honestly, I think if you're going to pick for finish line drink of choice, I think erring on the side of more beer at the finish line than Gatorade. I think you you made a wise choice on that, David. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing. We brought four cases of beer back, but we all our races we do. And that's part of it. I, You know, Mary Jo and I. I guess technically we should look at this as a business. We don't. Yeah. We look at it as a hobby. It's fun. If it became a business, it would no longer be fun. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been retired for a number of years. I ran a business 35 years. That was work. That was not fun. This is fun. And I, I, you know, uh, when I say I'm retired, Mary Jo says, we're not retired. We, work our butts off can i say that on a podcast you can david Uh, it's okay but uh but it's fun (laughs) you know we love it and so we want it to be right and that's part of it too the this race can't be slipshod it can't be halfway everything's gonna have to be right which makes me feel like i've got to mark every inch of that trail (laughs) well I can't do that. <laughs> if we mark stuff as, as long as it would take me to do the 200 miles, somebody would have pulled it all up before I get to the other end. So it's going to have to be a, you know, a joint thing, but I still want it done my way. Um, and you know, that's just one part. I mean, that's a tiny part of it as far as that goes, but, uh, it's, I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> I, I just want to know what the, the biggest challenge was, David. Oh, yeah. And, it, and, it's doing yeah. the race. Yeah. Besides the nerve to do it, it's being sure that it's right. You know, and, you do focus on that. And one of the things that you talked about, how this isn't a job for you, this is a hobby. And it seems like the amount of joy you get out of bringing the trail running community together and giving people an opportunity to go out and try something uh, to see how far they can go, to see how far they can push their bodies to, to, to witness that incredible human spirit is kind of the real reason why you do all of these races. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is just, it's, it's the amazing runners and it's the people that come in last. And all of them are so inspirational. I mean, just going back to this weekend, the struggle that some of the people went through to finish our 20-mile out at Oak Mountain, which I'm sitting here looking out the window at right now, is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, people ran out of water. Uh, It's one thing, no matter what you tell them, they don't listen. (laughs) And I try to explain the course that you, there's no comparison between a 20 mile run at Oak Mountain and any other 20 mile except off in the in Colorado maybe right <laughs> Mary Jo just walked in by the way she's <laughs> surprised we're early <laughs> hi Mary Jo <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway but it, it's inspirational it's exciting to see them it's fun i mean you know when people the person i was sure was going to win a race last weekend ended up coming in second because they ran out of water and right. he's amazingly fast and um 
you know, you just you don't know. But he got there and he got there still almost as fast as the person that won. And then the people toward the ends are, are, that are that are struggling so hard, but will not quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just it's it's. I don't know. It just it inspires you. Many years as I've been running, every every race, I'm re-inspired by the runners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So the race, David, is called the Southern States 200. April yes. 12th is the start date. April 12th is when people are going to line up. Um, this is all on the Pinhoti Trail in Georgia and Alabama. So you're covering two states. What was it yes. like getting the permissions and, and what have you to have this much? Because the Benhoti Trail is longer than 200 miles. But what was it yeah. like figuring out 200 miles of the Benhoti Trail and getting the right people to sign off on it and give you your blessing to get it done? That must have been a big process. Well, we're in some ways, we're fortunate. The race ends at Chiha State Park. Mm-hmm. And Will and I, Will and Sean, running lanes, and I both do a lot of state park races. They know us. They they love us because I've been told several times when we leave a pavilion after a race, it's cleaner than when we when it, we got there. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's not an issue ever. Um, the national, the majority of the race goes through the. Um, Chattahoochee National Forest in Georgia and the Talladega National Forest in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's almost all the race when you get that covered. Yeah. Uh, we, we only go through one incorporated town, and that's Rock, Rock Spring, Georgia, where we're going to have an aid station, and they're all excited about it. Uh, and it's an amazing little town, and they have literally, we're going to get our water for the aid station out of the spring. When Mary Jo and I were there a couple of weeks ago, people were lined up with bottles, multiple, I mean, like big containers to take water home out of that spring. And uh, but it's just it's a it's in a little park in the town that's just really pretty with pavilions. And anyway, um, that that obviously was no trouble. Yeah. Uh, The people at the start are excited. It's a tiny community part of Rocky Face, Georgia. Uh, The community's actually about 10 miles from the town, but uh, they're excited. Um, And other than that, there's not a lot of permission to get because the rest of it's not any. It's just in unincorporated areas. Yeah, um, that's about it. So it really wasn't wasn't, you know, the state, the national forests are always, you know, we're kind of at their mercy because uh, they have to approve everything. But right. uh, my contact at uh, Talladega National Forest is the same person that gives Todd permission and works with Todd on the Penhody 100s, um, and. 
the uh, Georgia person works with a number of people that uh, put on events on the Penhody in Georgia. So he's he understands, and yeah. that's part of why uh, one of the people with the national park, I mean, not national park, national forest recommended we not call it a race a while back when i was first talking to him he said you need to make it a run not a race because the the national forests are a lot happier to approve a a run as an event rather than a race that's interesting wow plus i think everybody else does that too yeah and i'm sure that's insurance reasons and all kinds of stuff but uh so, it, it, you know, we've, I, we, we hope we've got everything done. There's one tiny stretch of private land on a forest road in the Talladega National Forest that they just recently found out actually was private. Yeah. And so we've got a, a few hundred yards of road that we need. We probably need to get permission from whoever owns that um but so far as far as i know that's the only permission we still have to get (laughs) everything else you signed off on one thing that's that's interesting too is you know there is so much opportunity for for race directors to do their own thing support each other you know you run other race directors races other rds run yours when you're planning a race that will incorporate portions of another race director's course do you like did you call todd henderson and say like hey this is kind of what i want to do do you have any advice or or anything like that just as kind of a courtesy or or how does that all work well since our race is so far it's it's six months away from todd's race right um and i had actually talked to todd i don't know if you know, if we want to discuss it, but a couple of years ago, I talked to him about doing a longer event, and you know, he, he just he's so busy with work. Yeah, he really doesn't have time. Right. And so, no, I did not talk to him this time. Um, I just, I, you know, when I started talking to Running Lanes about it, that yeah. was just kind of the extent of it. We do. The one thing we did do was check, try to look to be sure we weren't in a conflict with any other events, yeah. which it turns out we were, but it wasn't, oh, I was using the ultra sign up calendar and it wasn't on there yet. And I feel bad about that because it's a friend of mine's event, but um, it's not, somebody's going to run one race is not right. going to run the other. Right, they're, exactly. Because you, you have you to know. cap this. Like You have to cap how many runners will be able to, for, for you to sell out southern states, what does that look like numbers-wise? Well, we're going to, right now, we've got the limit set at 200. Okay. We Our normal limit for our regular races is 300. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is so complicated to do. I'm a little afraid to push the numbers above 200. Just give ourselves a year to sort things out because, you know, we're going to make mistakes. Things are going to go wrong. We're going to be sure this was going to work and find out, ooh, that doesn't work at all. And, right. you know, you, you're running around like a, a crazy person during the race <laughs> trying to make 
last second adjustments <laughs> here and there. And, uh, you know, that that's just, I mean, even now, races are like Martin 100. Something comes up every year. Oh, how'd that happen? You know? right. and we're running around trying to fix it, even though we've done it so many times. Somehow, this time it was different. Right. But, uh, Anyway, it's uh, so I, I think that's a, that's a safe number. I mean, we we're not. It's not definite. Um, you know, if if people if we end up with a few extras, we're not going to turn people away. But we we can't take. We're not going to take many over two hundred. It's just not not practical this first year all right over uh, by the time this podcast is in people's ears registration is open for the southern states 200 on ultra sign up um you go to the adventure jogger facebook page and you can find out how to get a free entry into the southern states 200 um david you have to extend the length of this 200 mile race quite a bit your 100 milers you're looking at you know, a day, a day and a half. This is quite a bit more. How long are you giving people to finish the Southern States 200? Well, we've got set the cutoff at 100 hours, which is really probably more than most people would need because it's anybody that's running the Pinhoti Trail knows it's not a killer. Yeah. Um, it's relatively gentle. There's some nice climbs, long level sections. There's probably going to be about, I'm guessing, 20, I'd have to think back, 15, 18 miles of actual roads in one section, uh, because that's where the Pinhoti goes. Right. And there's some long, flat stretches on uh, that are probably, I'm guessing, five or six miles on rails to trails. Um so it's you know it's got some fast sections mm-hmm. in there as well so i think people i don't think i think any a good walker i think could finish in 100 hours with no problem okay do you have to coming up with now a 200 mile race something you don't have to consider in a 100 mile race is sleep i know some 200 milers have designated sleep aid stations is that something that you thought about bringing oh, to the southern yes, states 200 at this point, we have three. The first one's at 71 miles. The second one is uh, a little over, it's like 120, and then there's one like 160. I don't that those numbers may not be right. Right. Anyway, there's three. They're on a map somewhere. We're probably going to have three more or at least two more, not a the the main sleep stations are going to be in enclosed tents. We're yeah. going to have some a pavilion at least at uh, one of the at one of the A stations. That's probably I'm sure we're going to do um, a sleep station. You know, it won't it won't be closed enclosed and it won't be heated, but it'll be under a pavilion, and we may have another one or two because the you know we do, we need to have a place for people to sleep when they need to sleep because it's not fun sleeping on the ground. I've done that. (laughs) (laughs) How did you, did you put it together a plan? Cause I mean, that's here you go. Okay. So we're doing this. We're doing a 200 mile race. We've got our course. It's on the Pinhoti trail. So now we've got to figure out um, the, the sleep station thing. What ideas do you have? I mean, is it cots? Is it like, that's a big thing to add 
to an aid station is because, you know, in a hundred miler, you go sleep on the ground, but here yeah. you're actually giving people an opportunity to conk out for, <laughs> for five hours if needed. Well, it'd be better to have <laughs> something comfortable. We will probably get some either maybe some in, inflatable air mattresses or uh, sleeping pads, maybe some cots. I don't know. All that stuff we've got to acquire. We don't have that. So we're going to have to come up with things, uh, maybe able to rent them. I don't I don't know. That's not that stuff we'll take care of, yeah. whichever way it, it works. Uh, we're going to have a lot of blankets. Mm hmm people to sleep on uh, under um, I know from talking to people that have done other hundreds where they use the sleep stations the trouble is by the time 25 or 30 people sweaty hot runners have slept <laughs> <laughs> in one of the uh, one of the the pads and covered up with the blankets they're starting to get pretty bad but I, I don't know anything you can do about that but um, so <laughs> So basically, if you want to get some good sleep, you want to be at least towards the front of the pack, because if you're in the back of the pack, by the time you get there, those blankets are going to be pretty ripe is what you're saying. Yes. Of course, <laughs> at that point, you, I mean, I was at a race I did last year. I, I took a pretty solid nap on a rock. So, you know, maybe that's not that critical. Um, the, the other, of course, the best option is to have your crew there. Yeah. And you know, then you've got a vehicle to sleep in. And um, but I know a lot of people don't don't use crews, don't want crews. But uh, I mean, you know, that's that's the simple solution. And David will give you a fluffy pillow. He'll make sure, you know, if you he will have a bedtime story ready to go if you need to get conked out. David Tosh will take care of you along the course for the Southern States 200. Again, <laughs> April 12th of, of 2024. Registration is on Ultra Sign Up if you want to be a part of this very first, the first ever point-to-point -point trail 200-mile ultra marathon in the south um weather wise you said you looked at the ultra sign up calendar and i think it's I, I love that you're like oh, i gotta look at that calendar and make sure i'm not you know interfering with any friends or or anyone else's races to not take away from someone else's experience but figuring out the time of the year is important because if you were to do this race let's just say in the summer you have to extend that cutoff because when it's 90 degrees with 90% humidity, it's going to be much slower for people moving through, you know, the the the, the trails of, of Georgia and Alabama. What was it about April that for you was like, okay, this could be the right time weather-wise for us? <laughs> Actually, it was the only time running lanes and southeastern trail runs could do it <laughs> and we've actually shifted our late martin 100 back a week to give us more time and we're going to need to shift one of our small races which hasn't opened yet so it's not a not an issue shift that back a week um and it was just the only time we had we had available before we had time to get it together yeah, because we both knew it was going to take months to put this together. You can't throw it together. So and actually, I would like to do it earlier. And next year, we may look at trying to shift it into February, mm -hmm. even though, you know, the potential weather could be much colder and bad. Um, 
I think most people would prefer cold than hot. And uh, although I will say this, I go do a couple of races every year in North Georgia that some other friends of ours put on the, the Kirill Jewel and Merrill's Mile. And I have never been as cold in my life as I was in May in Cruel Jewel a few years ago, or at uh, Merrill's Mile on July 4th weekend in Delonica, Georgia. Right. I mean, those mountain storms are horrendous. Well, you think about April. Yeah, and you're right. April is one of those things in the South where there is real chance that you have perfect weather, sunny, highest 68 during the day, you're cloudy in 68 during the day, and then you know, 35, 38 at night, and that is just prim, uh, primo prime running weather. That's when, yeah. that, even you know, down to 50, if it's 50 something during the day and it's sunny, still prime running weather. It can also be cold at that point. But one thing it will most likely will not be is too ridiculously hot. I don't think we've seen an April down in the south where all of a sudden you're dealing with 95 degrees with humidity in April. That generally holds off until May. So you know, this being in, in the beginning part of April, weather-wise, this is a really prime. And it gives a lot of people time to train as well. Well, and that's true. It is it is a good time because you you're not likely to have any extreme cold or extreme hot. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's that's would be the thing. The negative thing about February is it could be really cold. I mean, snow. Cold. Right. Ex- exactly. And, you could see. Yeah. That. So, you know, this, and this may be where I'm, you know, I, I'm just thinking that, you know, this the probably late March would be a better time. But then I wouldn't. We wouldn't have any time because that's where our late Martin is. Right. And so it'll probably stay right where it is because this, this is a good time, I think, for all of us. One of the things that always fascinates me, David, about when someone creates a new race, you're, 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 you know, and I always recommend like new races. If it's a race director that has, you know, experience in directing races, absolutely you can go with the first year race. And I think I'm, I'm comfortable in saying David Tosh knows how to run a race. You can sign up for the first year of the Southern States 200 and you'll be absolutely fine. One of my th- things that just, just I, I love to hear people talk about, you've created this new race, but you also now have to create a finisher's award, a belt buckle. What is the process like, David, fin- uh, coming up with a design or an idea for the belt buckle, and what is that going to look like? Uh, it's not something I can do. <laughs> we, uh, Sean and Will, had someone they work with that does that. They created our logo, mm-hmm. and I really like that. Uh, and we've talked about what we're going to do. We would like, we'd love to be able to use American-made buckles. Yeah, they are so expensive now to get a a really good buckle i mean we'd have to go up two hundred dollars on our price to cover the buckle and nothing else so we're going to just we're going to get a design that we really like Mm -hmm. um and is you it's going to have to be unique it's going to have to be really sharp 
and we're probably going to get several people to do designs for us we have time and you know like i say that's not something i can do i can look at it and say oh i love that yeah to design a buckle no i can't i can't even begin to so but whatever it it ends up being uh it's going to be something it's going to be larger than you know the the standard buckle certainly because that seems to be the trend although it's not going to be a monstrous dinner plate thing <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not gonna be a cruel jewel sized dinner plate is what you're saying right it's, it's got well no, it's gonna cruel jewel is not too big <laughs> i have several of those i like those buckles i occasionally wear them you can still you know that's the size you can wear and uh although it does kind of pull your belt down a little in front and you uh, can't bend over <laughs> you're kind of stuck <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it, it's going to it's going to be good. I always really liked our late Martin buckle because it's very it's a very pretty buckle. Mm-hmm. But this will be we've got some ideas on what we're going to do. But and as soon as we get a design, we like we'll certainly put it on the website. But we're not quite to that point yet. Yeah. You have talked about the course. We know the course all along the Pinhoti Trail. You're going to start in georgia make your way to uh the the to mount chiaha you're going to finish at mount chiaha the tie the the tallest point the highest point in the state of alabama uh you got aid stations galore it seems like when i was looking at the course map david it seems like your first area your first section you go about 20 miles before your first aid station yes it is um and there is a spot we could some of the stations, you know, run along ridges for miles. There's nowhere to, to fill in. And we could maybe put a put a water station in, but, uh, you know, early on in the race, yeah, I don't know. That's just, you know, that's something it, it's going to – there's a lot of things that will change as we get closer because yeah. we can certainly easily – there's a road crossing where we could add uh, – I haven't looked at it. And some of the road crosses, you can't do anything. There's nothing there. I right. mean, the road, the, you know, it's a busy highway. Uh, my original plan was to start at the convention center, well, and, and go up to where you actually enter the, actually follow the Pinhoti Trail up. And well, as soon as I drove up that road, that's a busy highway. We're not running up that road. Right. This is this is a trail race. We don't do highways. Right. Uh, so we may put in some more there's places we can do it uh there's a lot of places we can do it if 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 we continue to get volunteers like we are right now we probably will i mean there's no reason not to i mean it won't be a full aid station but kind of a minimal with basic aid station food we may we may do that but but, it seems like uh, david that's the trend with 200 mile races where some hundreds are so well supported that you really have an aid station every five to seven miles. And it does mm-hmm. seem like with the 200-mile races, they, they put aid stations farther apart. They're giving you more time in between aid stations because you think about, my God, can you imagine if you had aid every five miles in a 200-mile yeah. race? You'd have to, you'd have to, like, you couldn't get enough volunteers. There's not enough volunteers in the state of Alabama to, to, <laughs> to man, you know, aid stations, to, to basically man 40 aid stations. It'd be absolutely ridiculous. So I, I think yeah. that style of race lends to a longer gap 
in between aid stations. And think about it. When you're starting off, everything is happy. Everything is lucky. You're having a great time, you know, and then to roll into that first aid station, I, I think just makes makes perfect sense. Um David, this is exciting. This is this is really cool. This is something that, again, we have some really iconic over 100 mile races here in the South. I think about um, you know uh, the, the H9 series of races. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about um, what what Jason Green has done with the Cane Break 200, which is a great race. I'm going to forget some, and I'm not leaving anyone out on purpose. Just so you know, folks, uh, the the Laz races. We have those those races beyond 100 but to not have a point to point and there is something david about a point to point trail 200 miler it to bring that to the south is exciting because you're right when you're doing that point to point and you're you're a guy you said it earlier there's nothing better than point to point and you're saying that as a guy who directs races that are loops you know like you like you know um there's something about not seeing whatever that like not knowing what's ahead of you and knowing that you will never have to see what's behind you again just mm-hmm. makes for great motivation for some folks yeah it well and it it lets you i remember we were flying out to colorado for something went from denver to telluride and mm-hmm. flying over it was this was the year i was signed up for the level 100 in 2009 and I'm looking out the airplane window, and I said, that looks – I've been looking at the course and studying it on Google Maps. Yeah. And I looked down, and I said, that looks like that looks like lead bolt because it's laid out in a very squared-off pattern. Yeah. And then I saw, oh, there's turquoise like it is lead bolt. <laughs> and as I flew, and we went over Hope Pass, I saw – we saw twin lights going over Hope Pass – as I'm looking back, about the time we were probably going over Winfield, you almost couldn't st- see Twin Lakes and Leadville anymore. Yeah. They were so far away. And I thought, that's only half the course. <laughs> and it gave me an appreciation of a, of a point to point. And because I had done the year before, I had d- done the Pinhoti 100, which is point to point. And you know, that's a long ways. Um, we came up on a rise somewhere in that run, and you could see Chihaw in the distance. And uh, it looked like it was 100 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> so it, there is a, you know, something to be said for the, the psychological side, the, the, the fun of doing a point-to-point. Uh, and it just, you know, it's to, to do a race like this, it needs to be. I mean, we, we technically could make a, a hundred mile out of many of our races but what is the point you know <laughs> or late morning okay you finish four laps go do four more and you get a, a 200 mile buckle but um the and actually we do have one we have a run called the endless mile that's a 6 12 24 and 48 hour run on a on a one mile loop in a town here in birmingham near birmingham and this year we're doing a 72 hour and Ed the Jester is going to be here, and he will hit over 200. He's wanting to hit 240 miles on the course. That's amazing. And he's amazing. Yes, he is. And he's 60. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the most amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
and we'll probably have a couple of other people hit 200. Well, I said, we could extend that a couple of hours and to run 200 miles, you only have to run 200 laps. <laughs> that's almost scary to think about. But, uh, you know, that's just, to me, that's what to do. You know, the hundreds are one thing because there's not many places you can do a point to point hundred. But, you know, when we have a place to do one, that's what it needs to be. Absolutely agree. David, you're an experienced ultramarathon runner, not just an experienced race director. You've been a part of this community for decades. What would be your advice to someone who right now is either desperately going to the Adventure Jogger Facebook page trying to figure out how to win an entry or going to ultra sign up and signing up for the Southern States 200? Um, what is your advice when it comes to training for this race? Uh, hours. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of hours. Um, I do, when I was getting ready for the run I did last year, the, the 200, Yeah, I spent between 11 and 12 hours at Oak Mountain, Oak Mountain State Park. And I can't really call them runs because mostly I was hiking because I would get in 8,000 feet of elevation gain in that time. Yeah, and But it was the hours. And just, you know, and, and I would only do one run every five days or so. And then it about a month out, I did, I think, three back-to-back 12 hour, 11 and 12-hour runs. And But my the one thing I did learn is sleep is critical. And I did it backward. I slept one hour the first sleep station, two hours the second, three hours the third, and three hours the next one. And... You got to do it the other way. You need to sleep at the first aid station. Of course, it depends on age too. Right. You know, if if you're young, you recover quick, and you don't really need to sleep that much. But for the average person, you need to sleep several hours at the first two or three aid stations. Cutoffs won't be an issue if you've been moving at a steady pace, and uh, that's that's the main thing. It's just you know that gives you time to rest and recover hours in the training and and running the race properly by resting when you need to so definitely come up with a sleep plan do not show up to the start line and again i just wing it on the sleep plan unless you're young and you can go ahead and deal with that anyone over the age of 35 you better have a sleep plan is what you're saying david yes (laughs) (laughs) david tosh always a pleasure uh speaking with you i am sure that a lot of great stories are going to come out of the Southern States 200, which, again, is April 12th, 2024. If you want to find out how to win an, an entry into the race, go to the Adventure Jogger Facebook page. If you don't want to wait and you don't want to risk not getting in, um, go to Ultra Sign Up and, and sign up for the Southern States uh, 200. David Tosh, again, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Good to talk, good to, talk to you, Ryan, and thank you very much. Wow, 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 wow,